0: This Student Ministry 127 podcast is a sermon preached at the 2011 West Coast Baptist Youth Conference by Dr. John Getch. Dr. Getch has been in full-time evangelism for the last 35 years and is the executive vice president of West Coast Baptist College. On the weekends and during breaks in the college schedule, he continues to preach revivals and special services wherever possible. For more sermon resources, please visit preaching.lancasterbaptist.org. We see life from the playing field. But God sees it from the blimp. You and I can only see right now. We're in high school, we're in junior high. We can see our friends, we can see school, church, activity. We can see the doors that are available to us to walk through. We see things from our perspective, but God has a totally different perspective. When Corey Tenboom was in prison, she would often complain to those around her about the lice in her hair. Her head would itch almost intolerably. And day after day, these lice would frustrate her and bother her, and she would often cry out to God in that prison, Why? I mean, it's one thing to be in prison for your faith, but why, Lord, do I have to suffer? It wasn't until she was released from that prison that she found out that the reason that she was never raped was because of the lice. You see, young people, sometimes we look at life and we get frustrated. We look at the right now and we can't quite figure it out. And we say, God, why? Why is this happening? But God sees the big picture. And just like Jeremiah, God has a plan for your life teenager are you submitting to that plan are you willing to take that step up the stairs to the cause that God is calling you to the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way he that trusteth in his own heart is a fool but whoso walketh wisely he shall be delivered trust in the Lord with all thine heart, lean not to thine own understanding in all thy ways. Acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Teenager, we must be very cautious. We must be very careful to live our life on our own. To choose the path that we think is best leaves us very vulnerable. The Bible tells us in Jeremiah chapter 17, thus saith the Lord God, cursed be the man that trusteth in man, that maketh flesh his arm, whose heart departeth from the Lord. Who are you trusting tonight, teenager? Who are you following? There are lots of doors, lots of choices, lots of opportunities for your generation but who are you going to follow? Jeremiah was willing to step into the cause that was bigger than himself, bigger than his dreams, bigger than his desires. How about you? How about you? In our brief time tonight, I want you to look at three components tonight in the cause that God is calling teenagers to in this room in this youth conference. I believe with every fiber in my body that God has a plan for every teenager in this room. God has something bigger than yourself, bigger than your plans, bigger than your dreams. And God is looking for young people in this conference to say, I will step into that cause. I want you to see, first of all, the providence of Jehovah. Both in good times and bad, God always has a plan. You see, Jeremiah lived during the time of Josiah, the young king who led the nation of Judah back to God. Josiah led the nation to 31 years of wonderful revival, and Jeremiah was right there experiencing that wonderful time. But Jeremiah also lived beyond Josiah. He watched as Nebuchadnezzar came down from Babylon and destroyed Jerusalem and took God's people captive. But in the good times and the bad times, Jeremiah realized that God had a plan. You see, young people, God is Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, which was, which is, and which is to come. Young person, God knows everything about your past. God is living in your present. And God already knows your future. You tonight as a teenager are a supernatural creation of God. The Bible tells us here in verse number five, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Young person, before you were even born, God knew all about you. Thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being perfect, when as yet there was none of them. In thy book all my members were written. Listen, you understand what the psalmist is saying there? Before you had eyes in the sockets of your skull, God already had the color of those eyes written in his book. Before you had hair on the top of your head, God already had recorded what color it was going to be. He already knew how tall you were going to get. He knew how smart you were going to be. God knew you before you existed. You are a supernatural creation of God. But with that supernatural creation, I believe across this room tonight there is a sanctifying care that has been given by God in your life. Look at verse 5. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. Long before Jeremiah ever took a step on planet earth, God had already set him apart for a cause. And long before you and I ever existed, God already knew what he wanted to do with your life. You ever asked yourself, how did I get saved? Out of seven billion people on the planet, why me? You ever asked yourself, why am I in a, in a local New Testament Baptist church? Why am I at this youth conference? Do you know why? Because God had a part in that. Before you were born, God had already set you apart. He had already designed a plan for your life. He already decided on a purpose for you. Be completely idiots tonight to believe that this all just happened, that we just happened to get saved, that we just happened to be in a good church, that we just happened to be at a youth conference on April 6, 2011. Listen, young person, God has His hand on your life. He has set you apart. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way that thou shalt go, I will guide thee with mine eye. But not only do we see a supernatural creation, and a sanctifying care, but I see a special cause. In verse number five, he said, I knew thee, I sanctified thee, and then he says, I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. God had a plan for Jeremiah. God had a plan for his life, and God has a plan for your life. Do you realize, young person, that you are the only person that can do God's will for your life? You're the only one. God's already decided that some of you should preach the gospel and nobody can do it except you. God's already decided that some of you should go to a foreign mission field and reach that country for Christ and nobody will do it unless you do. If you don't do God's will, that will will never be done. Because he has a specific, special call for you. Moments after Saul of Tarsus was converted on the road to Damascus, he heard a voice. And later in Acts chapter 26, as Paul stands before King Agrippa and recalls that testimony of his salvation, he said, I heard that voice. And that voice said, rise, stand upon thy feet. For I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister to the Gentiles, to turn them from darkness unto light, from the power of darkness to the power of light, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them that are sanctified by faith that is in me. You see, within seconds of Paul's conversion, God began to reveal a special cause for which he was to live. And you're no different. It is God that worketh both to will and to do of his good pleasure. God has called you. God has designed you. God has set you apart. And God has a special plan for your life. The providence of Jehovah. But as we go into the text tonight, we see the pessimism of Jeremiah. Some of you tonight believe that God has a plan for your pastor. Most of you in this room tonight believe that God has a plan for your youth pastor. You believe that God has a special plan for Pastor Chapel or Brother Kerry Schmidt. But some of you are doubting that God has a plan for you. And Jeremiah begins to reason with God. And we see the estimation of ability in verse number six. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak. Jeremiah begins to survey his ability and he says, Wait a minute, God, uh, you're telling me you've got a plan for my life, but, but Lord, I, I can't speak. And some of you look at yourself tonight, and like Jeremy over here, you're saying, I'm just a teenager. And my GPA is not too hot and I'm not great at sports and I don't have any musical ability and I don't like speech and and I don't like this and I don't do that and I'm not like everybody else and you're caught in comparing yourself one with another and you're estimating your ability saying I can't do it. And you know what God is saying? Who made you? Who gifted you? Young person, understand tonight that the God that created you is perfect. And God made you exactly the way He wanted you to be. Moses used these same excuses when God called him to a cause. And Moses said in Exodus chapter 4 and verse 10 He said unto the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent, I am slow of speech, of a slow tongue. And God said, "Uh, Who hath made man's mouth? Who who hath made the dumb or the deaf or the seen or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Go now, therefore, and I'll be with thy mouth and teach thee what thou shalt say. Young person, God doesn't need ability, He needs availability. God doesn't need personality, God doesn't need skills. God's looking for a teenager that will simply say, I will. You see your call in, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh are called, not many mighty, not many noble are called. For God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and the weak things of the world to confound the things that are mighty, and base things and things that are despised hath God chosen, yea, and things that are not to bring to naught the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence the estimation of ability. And then we see the excuse of age. In verse number six, he says, I I, I cannot speak for I'm a child. You're sitting here tonight saying, Brother Getch, I don't know who you're talking to. I'm in seventh grade. Brother Getch, you're talking about changing the world through this generation. I'm, I'm a sophomore in high school. I don't even know what classes I'm taking this year. I haven't figured that out yet. Let no man despise thy youth. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. Young person, don't wait till you're 30. Don't wait till you're 40. Don't wait till you're 50 to serve God. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth while the evil days come not. nor the years draw nigh when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. There are a lot of people walking on this planet tonight that are old and crusty like me that could care less about serving God. You know why? Because they didn't care about it at a youth conference when they were a teenager. And God is saying now is the time to step up to the plate. Now is the time to live for God. Don't use your excuse as a, as a, as a reason to, to refuse to follow God's cause. It is good for a man to bear the yoke in his youth. And we need young people this week that'll say, I'll get in that yoke. I'll take that responsibility. I'll step into that cause and do what God wants me to do. And when you do, you'll find the encouragement of the Almighty. Oh, in verse number seven, God says, the Lord said unto me, say not I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee. And whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Listen, young person, God is bigger than all the obstacles. God is bigger than all the excuses. God's bigger than all the things that would hinder you from stepping into his cause. And he says, fear not, I am with thee. Be not dismayed, I am thy God. And I will strengthen thee, and I will help thee, and I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Unto him that's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. We see the providence of Jehovah. We see the pessimism of Jeremiah. But I want you to see finally tonight the prophecy of judgment. Jeremiah was called by God to a very difficult task. It was not going to be easy. He was going to have to stand alone. He was going to have to go against the tide. He was going to have to buck the modern agenda. It wasn't going to be easy. God had called him to a difficult task. The nation had turned its back on God. Idolatry now prevailed. Pluralism of beliefs was everywhere. And judgment was on its way and young person what we're asking you to do in these few hours with us is to accept the challenge that's very similar i'm not trying to sell you a wood nickel it's not going to be easy this is a difficult day this is a day that is fast turning its back on god We are a culture that is rejecting God and the word of God. And judgment is on the way. And that's why we've got to step into the cause. That's why we've got to wake up during these 48 hours and say there's a cause that's bigger than me and more important than me and my agenda and my plans. The hour's late. We must, we must Step into the cause. The world is proving every day what happens to a nation, to a civilization that rejects God. The cause of the world is going to end at a dead end at the judgment of God. But God and his cause give hope. God's cause is revival. God's cause is for people to repent and turn back to God. And God needs us to step into that cause. And I want you to see the surety of God's word. In verse number 11, moreover the word of the Lord came unto me saying, Jeremiah, what seest thou? And I said, I see a rod of an almond tree. Then said the Lord unto me, thou hast well said, for I will hasten my word to perform it. Teenager, mark something down tonight. Everything that God says in this book is going to come to pass. There is a surety to God's word. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Hath he spoken, shall He not make it good? He said, I am the Lord, I will speak. And the word that I shall speak shall come to pass. It shall be no more prolonged. I will say the word and will perform it, saith the Lord God. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Concerning thy testimonies I have known of old, thou hast founded them forever. Thy word is true from the beginning, and every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. And the word of God cannot be broken. There's a surety to the word of God, but there's also a severity of God's wrath. In verse number 13, the word of the Lord came unto me the second time saying, what seest thou? And I said, I see a seething pot, and the face thereof is toward the north. Then the Lord said unto me out of the north, an evil shall break forth upon all the inhabitants of the land. For lo, I will call all the families of the kingdoms of the north, saith the Lord, and they shall come, and they shall set everyone his throne at the entering at the gates of Jerusalem and against all the walls thereof round about and against all the cities of Judah, and I will utter my judgments against them, touching all their wickedness who have forsaken me and have burned incense unto other gods and worship the works of their own hands. There's a severity to God's wrath. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all unrighteousness and ungodliness of men. There is none holy as the Lord, for there is none beside thee. Neither is there any rock like our God. Talk no more so exceeding proudly. Let not arrogancy go out of your mouth, for the Lord is a God of knowledge. And by him are actions weighed. The bows of the mighty shall be broken. They that stumbled are girded with strength. They that were full have hired out themselves for bread, and they that were hungry ceased. For the barren hath born seven, and she that hath many children is waxed feeble. For the Lord killeth and maketh alive. He bringeth down to the grave and bringeth up again. The Lord maketh poor and maketh rich. He bringeth low and lifteth up. He raiseth up the poor out of the dust and lifteth up the beggar out of the dunghill to set them among princes that they may inherit the throne of glory. For the pillars of the earth are the lords. He has set the worlds upon them. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. Out of heaven shall he thunder upon them until they be destroyed. For by strength shall no man prevail. I know it is so of a truth. For how can a man be just with God? If he contend with him, he cannot answer him one in a thousand. Who hath hardened himself against him and hath prospered? Which removeth the mountains and they know not. Which overturneth them in his anger. Which shaketh the earth out of her place, and the pillars thereof tremble. Which calleth Arcturus, and Orion, and Pleiades, and the chambers of the south. Which doeth great things past finding out, he in wonders without number. There's a surety to God's word. There's a severity to God's wrath. But I want you to see finally, there's safety in God's will. In verse number 17. Thou therefore gird up thy loins, Jeremiah, and arise. Speak unto them all that I command thee. Be not dismayed at their faces, lest I confound thee before them. For behold, I have made thee this day a defense city, an iron pillar, brazen walls against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, against the princes thereof, against the priests thereof, and against the people of the land. And they shall fight against thee, but they shall not prevail against thee. For I am with thee, saith the Lord, to deliver thee. Young person, there's safety in God's will. When you step into God's cause, you step into God's protection. Now, you can walk through any door you want to, but behind those doors, there's no protection. It is only in God's cause that he promises to deliver you. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Thou keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed upon thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord Jehovah, for the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Major Ron Brooks was a helicopter pilot in Korea. He was the best the army had. He was decorated throughout that war, came home a hero. Major Brooks was a born again Christian. When he came home from the Korean War, he went to Bible college, studied for the ministry, graduated and stepped into the cause that God had called him to, to fulfill. He became an assistant pastor, got married, had some children, began to serve God, and God blessed him. But when the Vietnam War broke out, the U.S. Army called. They said, Brooks, you're the best we've got. We're calling you back. When the Army calls, you don't have a choice. Major Brooks went to his pastor He said, Pastor, I've received orders to go to Vietnam. I'm going to have to take a leave of absence. He gathered his wife, his children. They knelt around the living room couch and asked God to protect him. Major Brooks was the best helicopter pilot the nation had. In Vietnam, because of the way the war was set up, They needed somebody with expertise at the controls of that lead helicopter that could fly into an area and put down a fog so that other helicopters could fly in and drop supplies or drop soldiers. And so Major Brooks was given the responsibility to fly that lead helicopter. It would be dangerous. They would take the first hits from the enemy. And throughout his military career in Vietnam, Major Brooks was shot down on more than one occasion and survived by making his way through rice paddies over several days to escape the enemy. Major Brooks' co-pilot was a man by the name of Sandy. Sandy was not a Christian, Major Brooks made it a point that everybody he met, before he ever said hello, he said, I just want you to know I'm a Christian. I don't cuss. I appreciate if you wouldn't. He'd always make his testimony known. He did so with Sandy. Sandy wasn't a bad guy. I suppose in many ways a typical young man in the military, fighting for his country, believing in a cause. But Sandy... It just, it wasn't time to get saved. It wasn't time to be religious. But as they would fly into those missions, Major Brooks would often remind Sandy, "One day, you're going to die. You're going to meet God. You need to prepare." On one particular morning, Brooks and Sandy received their orders. They were going to be flying that morning into a very dangerous area. The government was relying on them to lay down this fog over an area so that supplies could be taken in. Their routine was to take their helicopter up on a test run for about a five-minute flight just to make sure everything was in full operation. They would then land back at the camp, eat a brief and very uh, small breakfast, get back in the helicopter and fly their mission. It was the way it was always done. That morning, Ron Brooks and Sandy climbed into that helicopter and they flew that test flight. They came back and landed and Major Brooks said, Sandy, before we go in for a bite to eat, I want to talk to you. He said, Sandy, this is probably the most dangerous mission we've ever flown. There's a chance we're going down again. One of these times, we may not come back. Sandy, you need to make sure that you're ready to meet God. Wouldn't you like to trust Jesus Christ? You know what I've told you. You know the gospel. Sandy, today is the day of salvation. Sandy looked at Ron and he said, Ron, you're a good friend. You're a great pilot. You've helped me. But he said, Ron, not now. Maybe maybe later, maybe, maybe when we get back, we can talk. Right now, I just got to focus on the mission. He stepped out of that helicopter and went in ate breakfast, came back out. The helicopter had been checked by everyone that it was safe and ready to go. They stepped in that helicopter and flew their mission. They took a lot of hits. The helicopter was badly damaged. But Ron, the expert pilot that he was, was able to somehow move that helicopter out of danger and back To a safe zone and landed. As the helicopter came to a rest in a rice paddy, Ron said, Sandy, we did it. He flipped up his helmet and looked over to Sandy. And there was a stream of blood flowing down his neck under his helmet. Ron quickly unfastened his seatbelt and reached across the front of that helicopter and grabbed Sandy's helmet and pulled it up. And Sandy was in eternity. When the helicopter was towed back to base, they did a complete investigation of where those, where the ammunition had hit the helicopter, the type of ammunition that was used, the damage that had been done. They found the bullet that had entered the helicopter that killed Sandy. It entered the helicopter on Major Brooks' side. It pierced through the metal and was headed straight for the heart of Major Ron Brooks. But as it entered that helicopter, it hit a tiny little screw on the steering mechanism of that chopper. When it hit that screw, it was diverted away from Major Brooks to the neck of Sandy. There are teenagers in this room tonight that are not saved, and you know it. And God's will is for all to be saved. And young person, you walk out of this building tonight without Christ. You walk away from God's protection. You've heard the gospel. You know you need to be saved. Don't take the chance. You'll have another chance. I'm talking to teenagers tonight all over this room. God's been talking to your heart for months. He's been speaking to you. And you've been saying no. You've been pushing it aside. Some of you, the first night of youth conference, you're just hoping to survive the preaching. You're just hoping it doesn't get too heavy because you want to go through one of those doors. You want your plan, your agenda, your life. And young person, you have that choice. But there's only safety in the will of God. And I beg you, Step into His cause. Thank you for listening to this Student Ministry 127 podcast. For more sermon resources, visit preaching.lancasterbaptist.org. And for information about West Coast Baptist College, visit wcbc.edu.